2: Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. Me. Yeah. Rob, when I first heard that, obviously my first thought is, "Okay, he really backed himself into a corner." Saying I will never be a part of that organization he's in is saying, "Like you're not going to play for the Sixers," but where are you playing? So that was my first thought. But my second thought was this. Because I thought that, okay, Harden, by calling Maury a liar, what he's talking about is when he took a 14, $14 million less last year than he could have gotten so that the Sixers could sign P.J. Tucker and Daniel House, I thought, okay, he's referring to a private agreement that he and Maury made, which is illegal, But that basically saying Maury was like, look, take this pay cut. We'll take care of you and make up for it when we renegotiate your deal in the future. That's what I thought he was referring to. But it comes out today that the NBA launched an investigation. So they were curious too, Rob G. They were like, okay, is that what, did they have a secret agreement, which is against our rules? Well, it turns out that Harden spoke to these investigators, and today it was reported that what he meant was that Maury told him right after his trade request this summer that he would trade him quickly. And that is why Harden's calling him a liar because he didn't trade him quickly, obviously. That is ridiculous. Now, when I first the first thought, Rob G about Maury had, you know, promised him that he was going to make up the money to him and didn't. I, even as I realized Harden had no leverage, my thought, Rob G was, you know what? I get it as a man. If this dude lied to your face and cost you $14 million, then I get why you upset. It's not, it doesn't help you out in your situation, But I get why you had to call him out. But now, when that wasn't the case, this was just foolishness. This was just emotions run amok. The only thing, Rob G, that I can make sense of this with, because he has no leverage, and we'll get into that a little later, but the only way this makes sense is if Harden is pulling... His favorite play from the playbook. The play that worked in Houston and got him to Brooklyn. The play that worked in Brooklyn and got him to Philly. Scorched Earth. I'm going Scorched Earth. I'm crazy. I'm a madman. This was the verbal equivalent of the fat suit in Houston. This was I am going to make it so hellish. In Philadelphia, that they won't have any choice but to trade me. i That's all I can think of that he's doing because nothing else makes sense.
4: Chris, you know how they say that your favorite player, let's say Kyrie Irving, his bag is so deep, and that's why people yes. appreciate him? Yes. James Harden trade demand bag is so deep. <laughs> <laughs> we need to start mentioning it alongside some of the other great bags in NBA. He's history. the
3: notorious B I G of trade. Yes, bags. he is. I mean Skills to pay the bills and, and you know, to what's, say the
4: least. What's funny is the trade demands, you know, the fat suit, the uh now this one publicly shaming your your team president. Like that's that's well documented. People don't even know that last week Kevin McHale did an interview with I believe heavy.com. Oh, yeah. And he's like, no, he got me fired, too, on purpose because he just showed up out of shape and decided he wasn't going to try hard to start the season because he knew that would lead to me getting fired. Like, what James Harden wants, James Harden usually gets. And say what you want about him and whether or not you agree or disagree with his methods, he has a plan and he's executing it. So you think
3: the plan is when he shows up, you think this is scorched earth?
4: Yes. No, I I think it's going to get worse, to be honest.
3: Well, let me me say this quickly. Paint the picture. Okay. And then you can go ahead and tell me what you think is going to happen at training camp. Because the rules are, if he misses 30 straight days of camp, let's say he doesn't show up at camp, then the team could keep him from becoming a free agent the following season. So he can't, like, you know what? I'm not playing this year for the Sixers. I'll wait until next year when I become a free agent. I'll go play in China and then become a free agent next season. He can't do that. The best thing for him to do, and and you're going to give me your opinion on Scorched Earth, but I think what he should do, he's got to swallow his pride, even if inside he is ticked off still at Daryl Moore, and I get it publicly he's got to put on a, a different face. Whether that's just saying, you know what, look, I'm a professional. Uh, and also you can throw him, Joel's my boy. And I want to win a championship for myself. And I want to win it for Joel as much as I want to win it for myself. Uh, Tobias and Tyrese, we got a squad, man. I love what Nick Nurse is putting together. He's a championship coach. I'm coming back. Look, Daryl and I, it's not what it used to be. But, hey, I'm a professional first. I'm coming to win. If he were to do that, play ball, ball out, play well in the playoffs, maybe they get to the conference finals or whatever, then he is now a team might want to bring him on next year. Or maybe if he plays well, a team would trade for him before the deadline. But that's all he's got other than, I guess, what you think, score earth.
4: Chris, everything that you said is 1,000% what somebody of a sane, professional basketball mind would do. What in the last four years make you think that James Harden operates like that? Nada. Nothing. So if, if let's just say, let's take the fat suit off the table, he's not going to do that, right? Because that's that's been done before. You don't do the same gag twice. He has to show up because, like you said, he otherwise he he forfeits the money. So what could he possibly do that's going to get himself traded with the quickness? I got a couple of ideas. He could go full Ben Simmons, and just say, "I don't, I, my back hurts. I can't play. All I'm right. sorry." You good luck proving that. I think he's done it before with a hamstring. I think he did that in Houston. That was a long ham. Well, yeah, and in Brooklyn. He and was then hurt, Brooklyn, he was, and then Brooklyn. He actually heard his spake, hamstring. But yeah, yeah. He could go Ben Simmons again. People forget about this one. Ben Simmons went to practice with a cell phone in his pocket, and he was checking it during scrimmages or during team drills. He could do that one. He could show up and just publicly criticize, or you know, amongst the team. Every player not named Joel Embiid or the entire coaching staff. He could decide that when he does go to practice, and let's say he does want to compete just because, you know, he likes basketball, he could go full Jimmy Butler and say, I'm not going to play on the first team. I'm going to be teaming up with Ferkman Korkmaz, and he and I are (laughs) going to run a two-man game that's going to obliterate Tobias Harris and P.J. Tucker. There are so many different avenues that he could take that would lead to him getting out of town. Would it, though? Yes.
3: Because if you're – look, we've seen him destroy, leave in ruins, wreck, pulverize three franchises now, two of them that were contenders. What makes you – why is a team – if I'm running a team, am I going to sign up for that? When, when Daryl Morey will drive a hard bargain and make me give up something of value? I mean, this isn't the James Harden of four years ago, and not to mention his playoff issues. Right. I mean, I hear you, and he might do that. And maybe it will work. But I think what Daryl Morey would maybe more likely do, all right, James, you can go ahead, go away. We'll call, don't call us, we'll call you when we have a trade for you. And Harden is just sitting out a la John Wall. Remember that? Yes. He never recovered. And here's the thing. Again, let's put yourself in a, pre- a president or GM position. If James Harden were to sit out the bulk of this season, if not all of it, or. If James Harden were, you know, sit out meaning the team said, just stay away, you'll get your money, just stay away. Or if he fakes injury, or if he goes crazy and and does some of the stunts you mentioned. And you're trying to win a championship. Are you signing up for that? Are you giving up value for that? No. Especially when he don't, half the time he doesn't even get it done in the playoffs.
4: There is a select group of teams. I have a hard press to name them, but two of them would be the L.A. teams I'm, where they could use a guy like James Harden to be an innings eater to compare it in baseball. You, but Daryl Morey's not I know going he's not. to just give him and, up for chump. But change. here, here's the thing. The longer he lets this play out and gets nothing in return for him, because I believe the price is going to go down the longer and longer this plays out. It's already low. It's going to be free 99 here in a second. But the longer this drowns on and the Sixers, are you know, because who's to say how good they can be when they lose their second leading scorer and top assist man for nothing, basically?
3: Well, uh, you what? make good interesting point. Let me ask you this. I I actually think that the Sixers— Could go just as far with without James Harden and nothing else, as they could with him. I mean, are they getting past the second round with him?
4: No, history says no. Put
3: the ball in Tyrese Maxey's hands. Tobias is a good third option, and Embiid is Embiid.
4: Embiid will let you down. Good coach,
3: role players, right? Like, I'm just saying, like, that's the thing, Harden. I like James, (laughs) (laughs) but he has made some decisions. Rob G, he should have stayed in Brooklyn. That team had a shot. I don't know that they would have won it. I'm just saying they had a shot. And luckily he's toward the end of his career. So I don't think he can ruin it like Dwight does to some degree, but this is just getting ridiculous, man.
4: Yeah. Well, Whatever they decide, the reason why I believe that the clock is ticking, that they got to do something, is, again, because the longer you draw this out, the more the focus shifts away from James Harden and towards Joel Embiid.
3: Ah, you bring up the big man. We'll get to that next because there is another domino that could fall in Philly. And we'll take care of that next here on The Odd Couple. Chris Broussard, Robert Guerra, Fox Sports Radio.
0: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen
1: live. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge.
3: And Rob G., you you alluded to it at the end of the last segment. And there are a lot of people writing, uh, reporters, insiders, who've talked to people around the league. And there is some thinking and certainly some hoping on the part of some of these teams that the chaos in Philadelphia will ultimately lead Joel Embiid to ask out. You know, he can sit there and say, look, Ben Simmons didn't work out. You guys blew that. Jimmy Butler was working out, and you let him go. You picked Simmons over him. Doc Rivers didn't work out. And now James Harden is, there's issues with him. Get me out of here. I got to go somewhere I can win. Do you think that that is what... Joel Embiid ultimately will do, ask out, like, do you think they're in danger of losing their their superstar, their MVP?
4: 1,000%. Mm. And it's not even just me as a, you know, member of the sports media and a, and a basketball fan, me reading the tea leaves, you know, with him, with his comments of the uninterrupted saying, I'd love to win a championship, whether that's in Philly or somewhere else. Right. Like, that's, that, this is beyond the surface level stuff. When you have Vinny Goodwill, who's a very reputable NBA reporter, saying in his most recent column that the expectation around the league is Embiid will, quote, ask out sooner rather than later. Right. And he even mentions two teams, the Knicks and Miami, being the ones to keep an eye on. When ESPN and their poll of NBA insiders, many of whom, if you listen to their podcast or watch them on television, will give you little nuggets here and there of things that they're hearing And during a a recent roundtable, we're asked, who's the next NBA superstar that's going to ask out? When 40% of the voters say Joel Embiid, it's no longer just, hey, I'm reading the tea leaves and this is what I think is going to happen. This is now when you have this many reputable reporters talking about it. This is being talked about in NBA front offices. This is being talked about amongst NBA coaches. This is being talked about amongst NBA players. Everybody, at this point, it feels like, not only do they think that it could happen, it seems like they expect it to happen. Well,
3: if that's the case, if Joel Embiid really wants out, then just ask out. Like, the sooner the better. Get to a team... And you can get ready for training camp. You can be there all year. I mean, Joel, the clock is ticking on Joel Embiid. If he's going to ask out, then ask out. And that would get James Harden traded Harden traded too, probably, if they can find a decent deal for him. But, look, if Embiid wants to do that, he's well within his rights and I'm fine with it. He obviously wouldn't be the first. Here's my only issue. Embiid hadn't delivered either. Facts. You know, like I I, I get you can point to Daryl Morey, and rightly so. You can point to he's had now two star players just demand trades and go scorched earth during his tenure, the last couple of years. They haven't clearly built a championship team. And so he can point to all these other factors, but I will point to this. Joel, in the regular season for your career, you 27 and 11. In the playoffs, 24 and 11. Regular season, you shoot 50%, 33, 34% from three. Playoffs, 46%, which is bad for a big man. 28% from three. Like, I'm I'm also, you got to look in the mirror, Joel. That's not even to mention the fact that he's always, if not hurt,
4: banged up come playoff time. Him and Lamar Jackson got those bad guts as well. Hey. For whatever, you I don't know, know what their diet is or what they're doing, but... I've never seen well, professional Lamar, athletes. I think, has had legitimate injuries. Right. But, I mean, he's had a few instances where they said that he could not play due to gastrointestinal issues. And, and that's I, ridiculous. And Joel Embiid, I believe, missed a playoff game because of that, right? See? 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 Last year in the Eastern Conference
3: Finals, two games, he only played five, right? Because, you know, we're talking about the injuries. Two of the games, two of the five games— he had 15 points. 15 points. Two of the six games, I'm sorry. 15 points. And you missed one of the games. Game seven against Boston, five for 18. 15 points, eight rebounds. This year he missed two, ga- two playoff games, or uh, should I should say last year. The year before he missed two playoff games, the year before that, he missed one playoff game. Go back to 2019, missed the playoff game. 2018, missed two playoff Like, I, I'm just saying, you're not blameless. And I, I think, look, sometimes there really are issues going on that you need to deal with. But a lot of times, you also need to look in the mirror. And I think Embiid needs to do that.
4: Yeah, I agree with you. I actually have a question. We, haven't, we didn't talk about this before the show, so this is going to be new for you. I had said after their most recent playoff exit when they lost in seven that Joel Embiid, we need to accept the fact that he is not a number one guy. Wow. That he's a number two. And it's because of his playoff failures in the same way that James Harden, as great as he was in the regular season, always seemed to let you down in the postseason. So if you're counting on him to be the number one, you're going to be disappointed. Now, I don't, obviously, it seems like you disagree with that part. But I also follow. Well, I followed up with okay. that by saying the Miami Heat, who Vinny Goodwill mentioned as being a potential Embiid suitor, rather than them waiting for this Damian Lillard trade that may or may not ever materialize. That's a great why wouldn't you take that same package, the Haquez and Jovich and a couple of first-rounders and some swaps, and maybe pull back Tyler Hero as a centerpiece of that deal and throw in Bam Adebayo and offer that whole package for Joel Embiid?
3: Well, I will answer your question next. All right, Rob G, so you, you basically brought up if you're Miami Instead of trading for J- D- Damian Lillard, which would give you a big three of Bam, Butler, and Lillard, why not trade for Joel Embiid, or at least try? Right. And team him with Jimmy Butler? Uh, it's interesting because they are very close as, you know, they're currently constructed, obviously. And Damian Lillard would seem like the type of guy that can take you over the hump. Embiid, as I said, there are deficiencies in his game. And I just think, like, a few things that bother me about Embiid, and, you know, I've said this for years. He doesn't play down low enough. And I get the dude is a, an awesome mid range shooter. And I actually want him shooting the mid range jump shot. Like I, I've gotten over him shooting jumpers because he's great at it. Not so much at threes, but you know, he can hit a three here and there. So he can shoot a few. But my point is this, Rob G. When push comes to shove, when the situation calls for it. Get your big 7-foot, 300-pound butt down low. That's what Nikola Jokic does. Jokic can shoot. Jokic can pass. Jokic can play the point. And he does all of that. But when he has a mismatch or when they need a bucket or whatever, he will take you down low. He will go old school and back you down. I want that from Embiid. And I bet you Pat Riley and Eric Spolstra will want it from Embiid. I think if I'm, if I'm a Miami, I'm checking on Embiid's physical health. And if he passes everything, I'm with you. I go get him. Daryl Morey, bam, out of Bayou's young. He's a good, very good player. Um, maybe that's something you could be. Jovich. Jovich, I don't know if you've been watching, and I, I like, you know, I was curious about him in the NBA, but he has been balling in FIBA. Yep. Uh, that dude might be a future star. And he's 6'10". Like, that's what Portland needs to go with their smaller young guys. And so Portland might need to jump on that. But if I'm Philly, I'm like, okay, Tyrese Maxey I have. Jovich uh, and Bam, like that might be a big three I can work with. And if you're Daryl Morey, look, he tried to go for it. I, he went for it. But one thing that rebuilding tends to do is give you a chance. It gives you a little extra time if your owner's on board. You right. Know? right. So it could be good for your job security. So I hear you, and, and I like it. And I think Pat Riley and Eric Spolster would be great for MB because his game, as great as he is, and I – gladly voted for him MVP last year. But as great as he is, his game is lazy. He doesn't take advantage of the mismatches like he should. And I think a Pat Riley and Eric Spolstra would bring out the best in Embiid. So I'm on board with what you're talking about.
4: Yeah, thank you. And, and, And the reason why I personally think that Miami would be better served going after Embiid than Lillard is twofold. One of them you mentioned, we already know that the Joel Embiid-Jimmy Butler tandem works, right? Yes. Not just on the floor, but personality-wise. Like, these guys have been throwing love letters at each other on social media for the last yep. few years. Every time one of them does something or they play each other, they're always pointing out, like, oh, man, shout-out to my guy, Jimmy Buckets. You know, oh, Joel, yep. Trowell is doing big things up in Philly, yada, yada, yada. So we already know that their best player would be on board with the with a move like this the other reason and this might be the more controversial one is all due respect to Damian Lillard I think he's fantastic I'd love for him to be a Laker but I believe it is easier in today's NBA especially to find an undersized scoring guard than it is to find a big man who can kill you inside and outside as great as Damian Lillard is He's an All NBA All Star. He's also a top seventy-five player, even though I disagree right. with that one. Tyler Hero can do a, a reasonable facsimile of Damian Lillard, and do like seventy percent of it.
3: Mm, I mean, I hear where you're saying, um, he's
4: obviously not as good as Damian Lillard. Right, but he's not there, close. It, there's a lot but of guys. He's, we've he's seen. a twenty-point scorer. Yeah, there's a lot say. of guys that we've seen that are undersized scoring guards that can do things like Dame. Not as good as him, obviously, but similar. I don't know, outside of uh, Nikola Jokic, how many guys in the NBA can do what Joel Embiid can
3: do. No, you can't. I mean, there's no doubt that it's harder to find a great big. There's no question. Um, And look, your big two would be Butler and Embiid, and then Hero's a 20-point score. Right. That's what you are saying. And they so all operate he's on close different to areas, Lillard, but he's of a the 20 floor, point score. Right. Um, here's the other thing. Damian Lillard's 33 years old. Damian Lillard played 58 games last year. 29 the year before. He hasn't played 70 games since 2019. And I get it that one year was the bubble, so if you want to take that out, fine. But he hasn't played seven, three of the last four seasons or, or three of the last 82-game seasons, the last three 82-game seasons, he hasn't played 70 games. And he's a smaller player, so sometimes they can be, you know, the body can take that pounding. Um, he's, he's played 11 years. So now Embiid is an old 29, you know, his body. Yes. Yes. So and maybe that evens it out, but that's another issue right there. So I, I just I bottom line is to get a great big like Embiid, who's still young, at least in age, uh who does get along great with Jimmy Butler, like it's hard to pass on that. It's hard to pass on that. And they have the culture in Miami. That I think would really help MB maximize his potential because, as great as he's been, I think he's leaving a lot of meat on the bone. And uh, so I, I, I actually think that's a good point that you make. All right. Uh, it sounds like Joe Montana is not a big fan of Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts. That's next. I couple Fox Sports Radio.
0: And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan and We have a brand new fantasy football podcast called I Want Your Flex. Twice a week, every Tuesday and Friday, we come up with new episodes to not only look back at what happened, what you need to do at that minute, and also look ahead of what's coming up in the fantasy football world. That's right, Dan. Every week, we're going to scour the
3: waiver wire to find the pickups to turbo boost your fantasy lineup. Sit. It starts fantasy football players' rankings to get you ready to dominate the competition.
0: Listen
1: to I Want Your Flex with Mike Harmon and me, Dan Byer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events.
0: Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
3: A three-hour show. Robert Guerra, the super producer, is in for Rob Parker doing a fantastic job. Let's end it with some NFL talk, some uh, throwback NFL talk maybe. We got Joe Montana Of course, um, the Hall of Fame quarterback. Second best of all time in my book uh, behind Tom Brady. Uh, And I think my man Patrick Mahomes will pass him Him and maybe both. But uh, right now I got Montana number 214 Super Bowls, lost none. But uh, he was talking to USA Today, kind of a big wide-ranging interview. Talked a lot about Joe Burrow. But here's what caught your fancy, Rob G. Montana said, I think still when you look at the teams who are successful in the league, they still run the football and not with their quarterback as much as a running back. He added that quarterbacks typically are not built like a running back. He said about Mahomes, he can run, he can do everything, but the majority of the time, the majority of the actions happening in the pocket. On Josh Allen, same thing. He can run like crazy. He's a big guy. Basically, he thinks that still to win big in this league, you need a pocket passer. Um, And I think he's talking about Super Bowls. I mean, the dude won four, so I don't think he's just talking about winning games. He actually says this quote, uh, if you want the team to win consistently, the quarterback plays mainly in the pocket. You
4: agree? No, I disagree. Maybe that was true. Well, that definitely was true when he played. That was true in the 90s, and the 2000s, maybe even as recent as like 2018, 2019. But in today's NFL in 2023, we have enough statistical evidence, again, bringing facts to a feelings fight, that says the quote-unquote mobile quarterback wins at a much, much, much higher clip than the prototype stand-in-the-pocket and and wheel-and-deal the football.
3: Well, I think there's a difference. I mean, he mentioned Mahomes, who obviously is mobile, but he mentioned him as a, you know, a passer type that he's talking about. And so I think just because of the speed of the game, now you have to have a little mobility. Burrow doesn't have much, but you have to have a little um, but I don't think he's talking about like a guy that, like a Russell Wilson who can move. I think he's talking about like a Lamar Jackson or a Jalen Hurts where running, or maybe even a Cam Newton in his heyday, where running the ball was almost as big a part, if not as big a part of their game as passing.
4: Well, I'm glad, I'm glad I you hear mentioned you, that. And I am going Go, go uh, ahead. Just go quickly. Ahead. I'm glad you mentioned that because. Josh Allen, we, we agree, Josh Allen runs the ball probably just as much as anybody. He's very Cam Newton, right? Like, he's, he is their running game for basically in Buffalo. He's their best, yeah. He's 28 games above 500 as a starter. Jalen Hurts, 12 games above 500. Lamar Jackson, 29 games above 500. All of them are quote unquote running quarterbacks. On the flip side, pocket guys, Joe Burrow, we love Joe Burrow, only seven games. Justin Herbert supposed to be the the next thing, the new hotness. One game above 500. Kirk Cousins nine games above 500. Matthew Stafford twelve games under 500. Like it,
3: Matthew it's, Stafford's
4: won a Super Bowl. Uh, then he should have been, been more careful with his words. No, I think he's said, talking
3: about Super Bowl. Can, you can win all you want in the regular season. If you don't win the big one. Especially a guy that's won four, he ain't talking about your regular season record.
4: He is when talking consistently about winning, means winning big. consistently, not winning. He Super
3: means Super Bowl. Bowl. I, I'm, I'm, I look. He didn't clarify, but I'm telling you, he means Super Bowls. If Michael Jordan said to win big in this league. You have to yeah, do such win and such big. A thing. You think Michael different. Jordan's talking about winning 50 games a year? No, but he's not. No, but he's win. talking about championships because that's what the brother was about. That's what Joe Montana is about. Championships, the bling. He I, ain't talking and look, I'm I'm with you in that you said the game has changed and now it's different. I'm with you with that. All I would say is this. It's still up for debate. I've I've come a ways in this. Like, I didn't think you could run as much as the Lamar Jackson and stay upright. When he first got in the league, I was like, you can't run that much, especially as his slight build, and have a long career. So far, he's proven that wrong because his injuries have come in the pocket. And so I'm changing my view on this. So I'm not saying you're wrong I'm just saying it has yet to be proven because all the guys you mentioned winning a lot of regular season games, teams aren't as used to seeing them and their style when they get in the regular season, right? Because they're used to playing base. most guys that throw the ball more. Right. And then when they see them in the playoffs, they have a little more time to hone in on exactly what that running quarterback does. And we've seen teams struggle. And I mean Jalen obviously got to a Super Bowl, but what'd he do in the Super Bowl? He threw the ball to threw the heck out of the ball. Yes. And so I, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying it we have to, it has to bear itself out. And maybe Lamar and Jalen and these guys will prove that you're right
4: in the future, but they haven't yet. And that Joe Montana doesn't know what he's talking about anymore.
3: <laughs> you just hating because all these times <laughs> he beat you up your Raiders, which was
4: awesome. I don't think we played enough for him to beat us that many times.
3: Rob G, excellent work. Man, yo, you, you did well, man. You hung in there. You you did your thing. You did your thing. Alright, it's the eye Couple. We, we out!
1: to the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When
0: I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall.
3: Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between